Good evening, Element City Church. It's so good to have you here and to, and to gather together this Sunday evening. So if you are joining us online or maybe you're here in the room for the first time, I met a couple of you. Welcome. We know it takes courage coming to a new place and, and uh, we'd love to connect with you. And we can do that in a couple different ways. We actually throw a 10-minute party. Guess how long it lasts? Less than 10 minutes. Uh, and it's right back in that corner there. If you are here in the room, if you're online I guess you could drive here for the 10-minute party, but uh, maybe just email us or, or leave a message in the chat. We'll get back with you. But 10 minutes right after service, we'd love to meet you. I'd love to meet you, kind of hear your story a little bit. And we have the best kettle corn this side of the Grand Canyon just for you. It's not for the people who call this church home. It's only for new people. So if that is you, we'd love to give it to you and meet you, hear your story a little bit. Uh, you can also fill out our connection card uh, really easily. You can actually download our app. If you go to your app store, hit Elements City Church, it looks like a giant E, uh, and then you can download that. The third tab down is the connection card, or you can text the word hello to our text number 520-340-6868. And we can get connected that way, and we'll be able to walk with you the next four or five weeks, just one text a week, uh, to kind of answer questions, help you find your fit around here. So, uh, we had a marriage retreat this weekend. A few of you are here, maybe a few of you watching online, uh, but we had about 16 couples from Elements. We had about 20 couples from Emmanuel uh, down in Tubac Golf Resort. And so, if you're here and you're married, maybe that sounds fun or interesting to you. I dressed like the old guy from Up. So picture that. Um, so, uh, and my wife was Russell. That was pretty cool. Uh, and so uh, we had a lot of fun and had a great time with that. Uh, we, we didn't have to dress up like for the whole weekend. It was just like for one part of it. So just don't be freaked out. Um, but um, so we had a lot of fun with our, our game night. And um, if that's something that interests you, if you're married, maybe you put it on the calendar for early August next year. Uh, we'll do that again and invite you to be a part of that. So uh, if you are here in the room, we'd love to invite you to stay. Up. We're going to worship here in a moment, but we're going to start with just a quick word of prayer, and we're going to pray tonight for Redeemer Lutheran Church and Pastor Adam. Every week we pray for a church of the week because there's a million plus people in southern Arizona that aren't connected into any faith community. We can't reach them all, but we want the church to be healthy and whole and reaching people that God is searching for and to connect with. And so we're going to pray for them and pray for us tonight as we lean into worship, as we start a brand new series. Super duper excited about that. And uh, let's just pray for God to move in, in our time tonight. So God, we pray for Redeemer Lutheran Church and Pastor Adam. We just ask that your blessing, your provision, your wisdom and discernment would be over him, over their whole team, their staff, their people. God, would you give them influence and leverage who they are to reach the people around them, the people that they're connected to. And Father, we want to have that same kind of leverage here at Elements for the people that we're connected to the people that we do work with, that we live life alongside, that we shop at stores and we know them. And God, we just wanna be people who live out this life of Jesus and inviting other people to investigate him, to hear about him. So God, as we worship your son tonight, we ask that your spirit will be free to move in our hearts, to stir us afresh and anew as we look into your word and kind of launch into this new series. God, would you stir our hearts, lead us toward the health and the longing that you have for us to experience in you. We, we lift this next hour and 10 minutes to you and just pray that this would be a moment, a transformational kind of moment. And God, only you can do that. So we invite your spirit to move in power. 
to transform our hearts, that, our that your activity might be unleashed in our lives, each of us where we need that, to see you at work. God, for some of us, that's a challenge. God, for some of us, that's encouragement. For some of us, that is a whisper of hope that we need. And so each of us comes here needing something different. And so, Holy Spirit, would you speak to our hearts and allow us to get lost here in worship as we put our full attention on you, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Everyone said, amen.
Goodness of God. 
Jesus. So if you haven't called on the name of Jesus, tonight is the night for you. Tonight is the night to receive the great blessings that He has for you. The healing, the redemption, the salvation, and this perfect peace that's available only in Jesus and through Jesus Christ. There's no one else who can give you that peace. So God, we worship you. We give it all to you, God. We we repent, we confess of our sin, God. We submit our thoughts, our lives before you, God. Sometimes we hold on to the things in our lives and we can't receive from you, the one who gives freely because our hands are so locked on our problems and we're just holding on knuckles tight. And all that we have to do to release it and lift our hands up and to receive what God has for you. He's not done with you. So tonight, open your heart to Him and see what the Father prepared for you. God, we receive this perfect peace. And we're thankful for the gift of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. Holy Spirit, you made a holy temple inside of our hearts. There's no place for anything else in there. 
So please come tonight, sanctify us, transform our hearts, our minds, and our spirit. We give it all to you, God. Again, we submit, God, we surrender, and we fully give ourselves to you. We bow in worship before the King of kings and Lord of lords, and we're thankful for such privilege. God, we're thankful for the gift of Jesus Christ and salvation that was given through him on the cross for everyone here. So, Lord, we bring this praise to you tonight. We love you, and we pray all these things in the precious and beautiful name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Church, you may be seated. Amen. Amen. Oh, I stopped. Um, you all heard that, right? Okay. Do you ever, you ever wish you could actually have a soundtrack playing behind you in life? Do you ever wish, like, you went to the store, and you were there to do, like, power shopping, like, okay, I'm gonna, I have 10 minutes to get my grocery shopping done, and, like, so maybe, like, there was a Rocky theme playing behind you that would occupy you. Maybe uh, you have been in a moment where it was just a tender, and you needed something similar to that, or maybe anyone ever wished that they could have a soundtrack playing underneath them? Maybe it would vary with your mood and the circumstance around you, and, and, Friends, I want to suggest to us that we actually do. And it may not be musical in nature, but we, I think each one of us has soundtracks that, that play behind us in our lives. As we engage in life, as we engage the different scenarios and circumstances, we all have to navigate individually and in that. And, and a lot of those soundtracks uh, can be beautiful things. Maybe there was a soundtrack in your family upbringing that was just a delight and, and a beautiful gift that was given to you. And you get to actually lean into that and, and, and just replay that over and over but my hunch is, if it was just you and me and we could sit and have coffee, my, my deepest hunch is that maybe if you're watching online or here in the room, we could actually have a conversation about maybe some of the, the broken soundtracks that play in the background of your life. Whether it was soundtracks of what people said over you or, or what they screamed at you or even the soundtracks that play in your own mind of what you murmur in the deepest recesses of your own heart. Maybe the soundtracks of just, I'm never going to get this right. This relationship's going to end the same way that all the other relationships have ended. You know, that person said that thing that one time, and it's just, it's kind of marked my life, and maybe they're actually right. I wonder what people are thinking about me as they kind of glare over here. I know what other people have said. I wonder if it matches. Maybe I'm just never going to be enough. Maybe, maybe I'm just meant to carry this insecurity for myself, and I can try to bolster things up. But at the end of the day, I just maybe, I, maybe I'm just never going to measure up. 
Those broken soundtracks and a host of other ones, my hunch is, if we could be really honest, there's some broken soundtracks that play in the back of your mind, just like there's some that play in the back of mind. That we each have these things, and many of them might be flat-out lies. Many of them we have kind of believed or bought into. Do you ever feel like your mind is actually at war with itself at times? And so we have been praying uh, for this month uh, of August for you, for me, and for us as as a staff and as a leadership team. We've been praying and asking God to do a work a transformational kind of work that only he can do, that maybe for some of you, your thought life, uh, the tapes that run, the soundtracks that play, the things that kind of get sideways in your own mind, uh, maybe they have held you captive for a long time. It's been destructive thinking or out-of-control thoughts or self-doubt, and you battle some dangerous and unhealthy perceptions or broken soundtracks that play that kind of deviate you. But friend, there is good news God desires to empower you and to empower me to change your thinking. And if you can change your thinking, you can actually begin to change your life. And the truth is that throughout the scriptures and what you see in the life of Jesus is trying to help people begin to change, replacing the lies that they've bought with the truth of what God says. And so tonight, we're kind of kicking off this series uh, called Flip the Script, and it is adapted from a book that uh, Craig Rochelle, as a pastor in uh, Oklahoma, wrote called Winning the War on Your Mind, and in that, he has a key truth that he's kind of camped on, that our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts, that our lives are always on the trajectory and in, in moving us in our actions and our reactions and how we interpret and filter the world in the direction of some of our strongest thoughts. And for some of us, that can be a good thing and a good trajectory for a little while, and then maybe one of those broken soundtracks begins to play, and the the volume gets turned up a little bit more in that season of life or the season you're trying to navigate, and it begins to deviate you or detour you away from where you'd want to go. And if our thoughts are always moving us in in the trajectory and in the way of our strongest thoughts, what is the truth for us. And so um, we, um, we bought a couple of the books. I'll buy some more because it's, I, I just highly recommend it to you. I think it would be really healthy and helpful as you work on understanding biblical truth and navigating to be a mentally healthy person. Uh, and so we actually sold out before the service even started. So uh, I'll buy a few more. Uh, they're 15 bucks. If you want to buy them, you can go on Amazon and get it yourself, but we'll get a few more if you're interested in that. But I want you to kind of keep that thought in the back of your mind, that our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. So what we think about, how we think, shapes who we are and the who we're becoming. And so to start, I just want us to do a a thought audit. Sound okay? Uh, If you're in business, you kind of understand audits and how that kind of keeps the books uh, in a way that's legit and above board. And I want us to kind of lean into a thought audit for a moment. And so I want you to really think about yourself and kind of project yourself, your normal self, 
I'm not talking about like the champion you who's awesome on Monday morning because you're tackling the, I'm talking about like Monday night at 10 p.m. I'm talking about Tuesday after a tough meeting, like the normal you, okay? We all have champion moments. Good for you. But I'm talking about the normal you, okay? How do you lean between a person who is worried and occupied by that or as a person who is kind of navigating life with peaceful mindset? Do you tend to wake up and have your mind drift toward what might happen or what could go wrong in life? I'm worried about my kids. I'm worried about my health, my child, the economy. Do you find yourself leaning more toward worried thoughts Like, you're predisposed to that. That's just kind of how you're wired. Or even if things are complicated and chaotic, maybe, do you find yourself casting your cares upon God and finding yourself living with a sense of, it's going to be okay. There's a deepening sense of rooted peace that the song we just sang is an anthem that actually begins to, to live out some of the truth in your life, that you have a peace, even when things are chaotic, or complicated, that you live with a sense of his peace. What scale? Where would you rank yourself? The normal you. Where would you pick a number between one and ten? Where's you, where are you in the scale of your mindset most of the time? Here's another one. Uh, when you wake up, do you tend to lean toward the negative view of life or the positive view of life? Do you wake up and tend to assume the worst versus believing the best? Do you look at your day and say, this is going to be tough. I am always so busy. There is never enough of me to go around. I am always so stretched. Or do you wake up and have maybe a more positive faith again? Even if things are difficult, that you know, hey, Christ is with me. He helps me overcome. I'm an overcomer in him. And that things may be difficult in the world that I'm navigating, but God is at work bringing all things for my good. And so I'm going to shade things this way. Where would you rank yourself? An audit, like the normal you. Where would you put yourself? Pick a number. Worry, peaceful, negative, positive, maybe one more. Maybe worldly or eternal. Are your thoughts more temporarily or toward the things of this world that do you tend to drift toward those things that matter most, that are going to outlive you? And so where does your mind tend to drift and spend most of its time thinking energy about? Is it just worldly things? Your thoughts are more worldly in a way that you're concerned about what you have and what you own or what you wear or what you look like or how many people liked your post and how many followers you have, and that becomes the preoccupied looking or longing of your heart, or does your mindset drift toward maybe more eternal things? Where God has given you a life and me a life to steward and and spiritual gifts to use and, and what we have and who you are that you can invest and leverage your life for God's good and his story. Where do you tend to lean, the normal you? Where do you tend to be? So pick a number. Where, where is that number for you in that? So if our life is always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts, here's the no-brainer question to ask yourself. Are you excited about the directions your thoughts are taking you? Like, the no-brainer duh question is, are you excited 
about the direction your thoughts are taking you? Or do you kind of look at that thought audit? Do you kind of assess where you are in life and how you approach your thoughts and your thinking and, and maybe wrestle with the realities? I, I'm not sure I like the direction. Or I'm not positive that this is the direction I want most. And so where might it be for you? And so tonight, I want to talk about, uh, we're going to look at through this series at four simple biblical principles that we see laid out in the scriptures. And the first one is this, it's the replacement principle. That we, as followers of Jesus, now you may be here and maybe you're just on a spiritual journey and you're investigating who this Jesus is, and I am so stinking proud of you for being here. In fact, we want to be a church where you don't, have to, you don't have to believe everything to belong. That you can be on a journey in that. And we want to create space for that. But for many people who have kind of anchored their life to Jesus and faith in him, there's, there's a process here that the scriptures are kind of saying, hey, this is the principle you're to live with. And you'll see it in different scripture passages throughout. We'll look at a couple tonight. But this idea of replacing and, and understand, okay, I'm going to remove the lie that I bought into, and I'm going to replace it with God's truth. Like, that's the sermon tonight. Now I'm going to take a few more minutes and expand on that. But that's the point of what you have. Where are your habits, your thought habits taking you? Are there some thought habits that you'd like to change? Are there some falsehoods or mistruths that you and I need to jettison away from us? Are there some things that are holding you back or hindering you from being on the trajectory of where you want to be? And so we want to learn this idea that we have an enemy. As a follower of Jesus, you have an enemy, whether you know that or not, that is trying to sideline you from following after Jesus. Jesus said, follow me, which means I'm going to live in proximity with his ways and his best and follow after that in a relationship. Well, we have an enemy called Satan who does not want that to happen, wants there to be distance, not proximity, wants there to be distraction, not focus. And so he has a game plan. Do you know what it is? To lie to you. That's it. There's no grand scheme. That's it. He's a liar. That's what the scriptures continually say about our enemy, Satan, the devil. And our weakness in our humanity sometimes is to believe the lies. And if you believe a lie, it actually begins to affect you as if it's true and begins to have an impact on you. And you cannot change what you do not confront if you ignore the battle, you will lose the battle. And so the challenge for us is to say, hey, we got to be in the game in this. And this is what the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, where this is a passage that talks about uh, kind of doing battle against the enemy that is, that is the devil. And what, in a Christian perspective, here's what we battle against. And it lays out a whole lot of things. Here's the armor of God. And I don't have time to unpack all that, but here's what he says. We are not fighting against uh, flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the 
unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Like, there is a battle going on for your mind, for your life, for the trajectory of your life to take you. And if your life is always moving in the trajectory of your strongest thoughts, if the enemy can sideline you with negative thoughts, or sideline you with broken lies, or broken soundtracks, then he can keep you and keep me from following after Jesus in proximity, because we get sidelined and we get stuck, or we get deviated and detoured away from God's best. And that's his only tactic. That's it. And, and we can fall prey to it if we don't lean into the truth of God. The devil will try to shape your thoughts one lie at a time. This is the battle that the Apostle Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians. Here's what he says. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. The truth of God is one way you could say that. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We want our thoughts to be the truth of what Christ says over you and to you and for you. To unpack this idea of stronghold, the Greek word is akarama, and akarama is this idea of defining uh, kind of a stronghold in ancient times. You would have seen this first, cent- first second century uh, of a stronghold, maybe in the in the part of a, like the middle of the city that was maybe twenty feet high walls and deep and thick and kind of entrapped and people would they would either put prisoners in there to hold them and keep them there or they would put dignitaries in there to protect them if the the town was under siege and what these strongholds did is it was way better than your house like your house okay you might have a front door with a deadbolt but when you got an army charging after you that ain't going to do a whole lot But if you can create a fortress, a stronghold, that would help detour people and maybe even get them to go, okay, it's not worth the energy to attack them. So we want to create these strongholds that can hold people out and hold people in. And the reality of what Paul's actually painting is that these strongholds can actually set up and become encamped within your life from an enemy's perspective. That you end up buying the lie enough that you create a stronghold in your own heart, in your own mind, and in your own thought patterns. And in the midst of that, you are the one held captive and not living in the freedom that God actually longs for you to experience and to follow him in. And we are the ones who get entrapped by that. The enemy wants us to be captive. He wants to attack your mind and mine to build strongholds of deception within us to hold us hostage in our thoughts and away from the freedom of God. There's an old saying that says the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that he does not exist. Satan is our unseen enemy whose mission is to steal, kill, and destroy That's what Jesus said. That's what he's come to do. I've come to give you life and give it to the full. That he's come to stop you, 1 Thessalonians 2.18. That he's come to devour you, 1 Peter 5.8. The enemy does not have good intentions for you or for me. Jesus has our best at heart and our best in mind. Satan despises you and is against you and is against me. He wants to keep us away from falling after God and wants to keep us stuck as often and for as long as he possibly can. And how does he do it? Lies. He only has one tactic. There's one arrow in the quiver and that's it. 
Satan is a deceiver and his strategy is to defeat you and persuade you to believe the lies. Jesus warned us of this. John 8, 44 says this. There is no truth in him, speaking of Satan. When he lies, he speaks his native language for he is a liar and a father of lies. He's the one. So as the enemy, he is prowling around. And he might even whisper different things to you to get you sideways, to try to influence you and influence me away from God. If you succeed at something, he may try to convince you you don't need God. See, you can do it all on your own. If you fail, he may try to brainwash you to think that you'll always be a failure. This is who you are, and it's what's going to mark your life. You have a great first date. He might suggest that romance is the only thing that will truly make you happy, so you should pursue this with all you have. If you have a disastrous first date, he might whisper that you'll never find anyone to love you. If you do a nice thing for a difficult person, he'll murmur that you're a pretty great person, and most people wouldn't do that, so why don't you just keep doing that and you don't need God in your life? If you're trying to stay away from porn, he'll tell you that everyone else is doing it. You don't need to worry about it. Or if you give in to porn, he may make you feel like you're the sickest person in the world. And how dare you? And, and all of a sudden, we become entrapped in some of these lies. A lie believed as truth will affect your life as if it were true. And so if we ever get to the place where we buy the lie that the enemy is selling then we are the ones who get affected by that. Uh, Harry Houdini, anyone remember him? Uh, he used to, to come and do shows, obviously he's much older, and long gone? I don't know, long gone. Uh, so like a long time ago, he would come to towns and he would stir people up to come to his shows, and how he would do that, I wouldn't do this today, but he would go to the local jail. And he would invite people to come and gather a crowd, and then he would have the jailer lock him in jail, and then he would escape from that. And that was part of the, the shtick where he would invite people to see the rest of the show later on at the gathering there in town. But one jailer had heard that Houdini was coming, and that this is what he loved to do. And so when Houdini, uh, Houdini closed the door, closed the cell door, the jailer actually turned the key the wrong way and left it unlocked. And Houdini spent the next couple minutes actually locking himself into jail repeatedly over and over and over again and finally in frustration saying, I guess I can't break out of this jail. Of which at that moment the jailer said, well, he, 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 here's what I've been doing. I haven't actually locked you in. You've locked yourself in. And I wonder, if we're all a little bit like Houdini at times, where we have been given a freedom that Jesus provides, a peace that can meet us, and yet the whispers of the world, the whispers of the enemy around us, we end up buying into the broken soundtracks, and we are the ones who turn the key and lock ourselves in at times where we don't get to experience the freedom. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Who you are today is a result of your thoughts of the past. Who you become in the future will reflect on what you think about today. The battle of your life and the battle of mine will be won or lost in the mind. 
Your thoughts control you, and you and I must learn to help control our thoughts and to focus on truth. Now, the Apostle Paul has some incredible wisdom here to say about our thought life, but he wasn't always a thought warrior. In fact, maybe you've heard the passage in Romans chapter 7 where, like me, you've read these words from Paul, and you're like, man, that is so me at times, because this is how Paul started, and we get to see 2 Corinthians later on, but we realize the truth of what he wrestled with. Can I just read it to you? Chapter 7, verse 15, kind of through 24, some bits and pieces of it. I do not understand what I do, Paul says. Anyone ever been there? I don't understand why I'm doing this. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. For I know that good is, uh, itself does not dwell in me, that's my sin nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot seem to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I don't want to do. This I keep on doing. Can anyone identify with that battle that Paul is saying? This is where he's been. Anyone? Seriously, three of us. Okay, we're all here. Like, we've all logged time here, Paul. We get it. Like, what you're, what you're saying, we, we have lived so I find this law at work, he says. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work within me, waging war against the law of my mind, making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. And then he says this desperation phrase, but this beautiful gift at the end. What a wretched man I am. What a wretched person I am. He's coming to that realization, I am broken. There's no hope for me. Who will rescue me from this body, this subject to death? And then he answers it for you and for me and for himself. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Christ Jesus our Lord. Meaning, I've got this battle going on in me. I want to do the good, but I end up doing this. And I think, come on, somebody can say, that's me. I've been there. And in that, we have this battle, and, and there's, I'm wretched, I don't have hope. Who's going to rescue me? And Paul goes, here's the answer. Jesus does. See, here's the tough truth for you and for me, especially in our American culture, where we like to have the answers. Here's the answer. It's a tough answer. You don't have the power to change yourself. No, 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 I know. You're pushing back. I get it. No, no. Jack, I can do that. Like, I have wanted to. Yeah, I've failed. I, I'll give you that. I have failed a few times. But there's been a couple things. A couple things. I've, I've worked really hard. And I've changed that. And I'm a different person. And I would say, that's awesome. Let's talk a decade from now. Because my hunch is, somewhere in there, like me, you've experienced, okay, I've made progress. I, I, I've, 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 I've worked for it. And listen, you can do a lot of good things. God has empowered you with the ability to think, with the ability to, to, to have willpower, and that can be a lot of positive things and do a lot of good things. But it does not have transformational power. It has situational power, and maybe you can power through for a moment, but friend, if you want transformational change, here's the truth. You don't have enough to do it. And I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. You've seen the infomercials. 
And the people got on this diet and it changed everything for them. And now they're a millionaire and they want you to spend money on them and they're going to help you be a millionaire. No, no, no. They got this cookware and it changed everything for them. They went on this pyramid scheme and they were like, I just revolutionized my life and I'm going to invite you and you can be like me. Like, I get it. We've all seen it. I get it. And it's whispers of hope. And that's all it is, is whispers. There, there can be movement. I'm not saying there's no movement in it. But we need the power of Jesus to help us. That's what Paul's saying. The transformation. I'm a broken, wretched person. And I have this battle going on in my mind and in my body. And I don't know how to change it. Whoo! Thank you, Jesus that you're the one who can actually begin to transform and produce the change in me that I long to have. Because if my life is moving in the trajectory of my strongest thoughts, Romans 7 says, here's the thought battle going on in your life and my life too. And we need Jesus in his thought life and his truth to come in here, begin to change us to begin to take that stronghold that we have in our lives and begin to break it down. Uh, when I went to Israel a few years back, uh, down by the Dead Sea, uh, there's a place called Masada. You can read about it. You can Google it. If you're bored, you can Google it right now. But like Masada is this uh, kind of fortress that sits up on the hill that overlooks the Dead Sea. And it was Herod's palace. It was like his summer home where he would go. And it was built. I think we might have a picture of that. But uh, Masada is this uh, reality of what lived up on this hill. And it's probably, I don't know, 750 feet up in the air uh, or up on this kind of this tell that's there. And it was, we toured through it. Obviously, it's broken down because it was first century. But like, we actually got to tour like the hot spring spas. Like, you thought spas were a new thing? No, no, Herod had one. Uh, he had one here. It was down here at the very end, kind of at the tip, uh, where he would have some pates. Uh, and, and like, this is where Herod would hang out in the summer, right? And then when, when Jerusalem got overthrown, the Jews left Jerusalem, and, and a few of them actually overthrew this palace kind of place, Masada. And from 70 AD to about 73 AD, there's a group of Jewish men and women and children that lived up here in a compound trying to keep Rome out. And they lived in this stronghold. And what you won't see is to the right of that picture, Rome, by 73 AD, actually built a ramp of dirt up to the very top. And when they finally scaled over the walls after they put a siege around the city, killed everybody up there. The stronghold was something that was so strong, so fortified, that for three years, it kept things at bay. Nothing could get out, nothing could get in. And then finally, it was overcome. There was a strength to the stronghold. And what Paul is saying in the scriptures, what we see the Apostle Paul saying, is listen, if you buy into the lie of the enemy, it will begin to fortify a stronghold in your own heart. And if you believe the lie, it will actually be like it's true for you. 
and it will become a stronghold in your life. And what you need is the power of Jesus to come against that stronghold and in his power break down what has been set up and what holds you hostage. The word here for uh, this idea of demolish in Greek is this idea of destruction requiring massive amount of power. It's like kind of leveling violence against it. It's bringing something of brute strength, like a wrecking ball type of power into the stronghold to break it down. And friend, you don't have that kind of power, but God does. That was Paul's realization. And so that later on in his ministry, he can go from wrestling with these things to become a champion of our thought life and our mental health in a lot of ways. As he prayed this prayer in Ephesians chapter one, I also pray that you'll understand the incredible greatness of God and of his power for those of us who believe. This is the same mighty power who raised Christ from the dead This is resurrection, transformational kind of power. And it's at your disposal. Not because you're awesome, but because your Savior is awesome. And he longs to be powerful and active in your life. See, if you try to work on your thought life or try to work on breaking down strongholds in your own power, then you are relying on a power that is not powerful enough. You do not, you do not possess a strong enough power to do that on your own. You're relying on self-help, and self-help is only skin deep. And you need a power that goes deeper. You have a devious spiritual enemy who reinforces strongholds, and what you stand against is formidable. But you can fight... See, if you were to fight against that in your own power, it's like going against Godzilla with a fly swatter. It ain't going to work out too well for you. But if we can face our challenges and our strongholds, see, if Satan's primary weapon is lies, then the greatest counterweapon to that is the truth of God's word. And this is why we challenge, invite, nudge, gently push, encourage you to spend time in God's word. Why? Not because we're preachers and Lyle and I just want to like, have something to do to challenge you with. Why? Because if the, if the main tactic of the enemy is lies, then the more time and investment you can make and that I can make and that we can make into the truth of God is what counteracts what we're up against. And so it's why the YouVersion app is one of the apps I use almost every single day. There are hundreds of reading plans that might help put truth into your mind, your mindset, that you begin to get this around. If Satan's biggest tactic, his really his only tactic, is to lie to you, then lean into the truth of that. We need to find the lies, identify the strongholds in our life, and begin to replace that with truth. How many of you have ever had a broken light bulb in your house? Okay. How many of you have walked up to that broken light bulb and said, Jesus, I pray that you would heal this light bulb and that you would allow light to emanate from this lamp again? Anyone ever tried that? I have never tried that. My hunch is that the Holy Spirit would say to me, Ace Hardware is like a block and a half from you. I have shown you, oh man, how to fix this light bulb. 
If you will get in your car and drive there with the resources I have provided you the ability to make, you'll be able to get a, a new light bulb and problem solved. You have to replace what's broken with something that's truth and that will give light to your situation. The same is true in our lives. When you begin to identify the strongholds, the broken soundtracks that play in your mind and in my mind too, when we begin to recognize that, when we begin to define that, you cannot defeat what you do not define. But if you can begin to define it, then you can begin to replace it with the truth of God. John 8, 32, Jesus said this, you will know the truth, what? And the truth will set you free. You want to experience freedom. Well, here's your assignment. Identify the biggest lie or the biggest stronghold or the biggest negative thought habit that's not from God going on in your life. Like, legit, that's what I'm asking you to do this week. God, what is the biggest stronghold that I have bought in and I've allowed the enemy to build in my life, in my heart, in my mind? What's the, the thought habit that is detouring me away from your truth and from the freedom I long to experience? And my thought that's wrapped up in this, this enemy stronghold is actually taking me in a trajectory I don't want to go but I want to walk in proximity with you and in freedom with you. What is the stronghold? You have to identify it. What's broken for you? Because if you do not identify it, you cannot replace it. If you don't see the broken light bulb, you can't get one that works to give you light. So you gotta see it first. So this week, that's the challenge. God, what is one of the biggest strongholds the thought patterns that's not from you that I struggle with in my life. And I want to identify that. God, and I'm saying, here it is. Would you help me to replace this with your truth? You cannot defeat what you do not define. Lies will put you into spiritual bondage, but the truth will set you free. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen, uh, occasionally I scroll social media and, and I'll see these little fun, cute stories. Maybe you've seen these too. Uh, it's where like an animal is caught, like a, a moose, you know, and they're trapped like in a fence. And then there's like this brave soul that's like, I can free a moose. I'm a mountain man. And, and like they go up there and they, they somehow free the moose from the fence, right? I saw one the other day. It's like these three kids and they see this giant, like it's got to be a bull constrictor or like some giant snake that I'm not sure why God even put on the planet, but he made it. Um, and like it's got this dog wrapped up and it's squeezing this dog. And these three kids are like, eh, not our dog. And like they walk up and they're like undoing this undoing this dog from this giant snake and then the dog gets to sneak away. Or maybe you've seen like where the deer is trapped in the mud and, and then like there's someone who goes out in the frozen lake or the mud and like pulls the deer by the leg and, and I don't know how that doesn't pull the leg out of socket. But anyway, uh, like it, it frees the deer and they run away and everything's happy and Bambi's happy, right? So maybe you've seen these and maybe you've seen this particular where like this shepherd, this, I don't know, like this sheep is stuck in this trench and he pulled, you've seen this meme, right? where like he pulls the sheep out of the trench and the sheep is like so happy and so excited and like jumping up and clicking its heels and then jumps 50 feet further down back into the trench. 
And this poor dude's got to walk 50 feet and do the exact same thing again. Listen, that is me. I'm that sheep. Listen, you are too. You are too. And we get stuck in a thought pattern or we buy the lie that the enemy sells or that the world's pushing. And Jesus said, this isn't the best for you. Let's free you from that. Your identity is not stuck in this. You don't get to create that. I've curated you. I've created you. I have so much good for you. You don't have to be defined by what that person said. I know they were your dad. And I know they spoke ill will over you. But that does not define you. I define you. I created you. I speak hope into your life. I know what that person did. Maybe no one else knows what that person did, but I was there, and I'm so sorry that happened to you. I wish it were not so. And people in their brokenness break other people. And that is not the way the world was created to be. But the brokenness of our world, bad things happen to good people, and bad things happen to bad people. And sometimes we get leveled by it. And Jesus says, but that, that doesn't define you. I speak truth over you. Let me define you. And so friend, this is, I think, one of the most simple principles, but it's a principle you will never master. But it is a principle you and I get to live into more and more and more and get better at it and get better at it and get better at it. God, would you help me to recognize the lie, to to see the stronghold? I cannot defeat what I do not define. So help me to define it. And then let me replace it with your truth and what you say and what you speak over to me, what you say through your word. And would you let that beautiful soundtrack begin to play louder than the broken soundtrack that I have bought into or allowed to live in me. So friend, here's the invitation this week. If you're online watching or here in the room, to spend some time this week. Maybe you want a journal. Maybe you just want to open a note on your phone and just literally ask yourself the question, God, would you show me what is the biggest stronghold the biggest lie, the biggest thought habit that that detours me away from your best that I've bought into? Where have I gotten stuck? And you want to pull me out. And I would like to run a little further than 50 feet before I get stuck again. But So would you help me kind of stay to the left or stay to the right and not go right back to where I was? But would you help me to identify that? And then would you help me to replace it with truth? I pray that God will show you a verse that is specifically in the scriptures that begins to speak into that. On version, you can actually search by themes, by topics, and if you identify a topic that you go, okay, I think this is like my stronghold, then just go on to version and begin typing in that word. And, and look at the verses that pull up. And friend, may you begin to replace the broken soundtracks with the truth of God's beautiful soundtrack and what he has for you. So Father, uh, as we worship here in this last song,
God, this peace that we sang about earlier. I'm convinced coming out of the, what we've had to traverse over the last two, three years, we, we've ramped up anxiety. We have ramped up stress, trauma, challenge in every shape or form to different levels for different folks. And mental health is a challenge, I think, for each one in this room, each one watching. It is for me. And so, Father, would you help us to become people who recognize the lie we've bought or the stronghold we've allowed to get built and to lean into your transformational power. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to Jesus who has the power to change us. And that we'd recognize that lie and we begin to replace it with your truth. And that we would begin to experience the freedom that Jesus, you talk about. You'll know the truth and the truth will actually set us free. So Father, this month we're praying for our mental health. Holy Spirit, would you be at work within your people the flock under your care. We each need a word from you. Would you be on the move in the hearts of your people this month, we pray. Death had claimed his victory. The king of love had given up his life. The darkest day in history. They're on a cross and made for sinners. For every curse, his blood atoned. final breath and it was finished but not the end we could have known for the earth began to shake in the veil where sacrifice was made as a heaven's Life was given eternity. 
that transformed kind of life. So Father, I pray for my friends. I pray for us. I pray for myself. God, we want to live in that transformational power that's moving from lie and from death to life to freedom. And so would you begin to help us do the work of identifying and replacing 
with your truth. May your truth speak in our lives. May you illuminate more and more that we might experience and taste and see that your good and your freedom is for us. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Uh, real quick, friends, uh, so glad uh, to have you join us tonight. Uh, as we move into the fall, just invite you to be thinking about maybe joining an e-group or a discipleship group as uh, new, new discipleship groups will be launching kind of into this different season at different places and different times. And so if you're interested in that, just email Lyle or myself, let us know. We have e-group lists you can find out about. Thank you for all of you who give around here. We do that in a couple different ways. You can give either through the app online. Uh, you can give in giving boxes back here. We don't pass a plate, but we invite you to be a financial uh, investor in what we do as a whole church. Uh, food distribution, second Saturday food distribution is next Saturday, which means we pack all the food boxes on Friday at Carry Ministries. If you don't have work, you're able to help on Friday. Um, otherwise, it's Lyle and I, and we get really sweaty. Yeah, yeah, that's good. But we love to help. So if you want to help pack food boxes on Friday, you can do that uh, with us for about an hour or so. And then on Saturday, we give it out uh, starting about 8 a.m. here until it's gone, usually gone within like an hour. So um, it's a time for us to bless our neighborhood and the people that are uh, could use kind of the shot in the arm with some free food. And if you are new, again, I'd love to meet you at the 10-minute party. It'll start in about 32 seconds. Uh, if you're online, just leave us a note or send us a, an email. We'll follow up with you. Dinner tonight is at Sauce Payway on Broadway. And so if you are, you're all invited. If you want to be part of the group that goes out to dinner afterwards, uh, Sauce Payway, Broadway, kind of Williams Center area in about 20 minutes, um, we'll have a group there. So you're welcome to join us for that. Friends, may you walk in truth this week. And if you're new, I'll see you at the 10 minute party in 12 seconds. Okay. Adios.